Are you ready to make our declaration and confession of our faith this morning? Yes. All right, Pete, repeat this after me. Believe the words that are coming out of your mouth. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for this word. It is your personal love letter to me, and I receive it. It is the absolute truth, and I believe it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word in all things. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray. Father, I pray that I would say only what you have me to say. Do only what you would have me to do. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen. That means so be it or it is so. Please open up your Bibles to what we've been studying in the book of James. James is in the New Testament. It's just after the book of Hebrews. Go to James chapter 1 verse 21. James chapter 1 verse 21. And if you are just joining us for the first time or if, uh, if you seem to have forgotten, we're talking about growing up spiritually. So just remind your neighbor, give them a kind reminder and say you need to grow up. You need to grow up. We had some people that grew up two days ago. We had some birthdays. Happy birthday to everybody here who had a birthday. But we need to grow up spiritually. We have how many children now? How many children do my wife and I have? Two. Two. Very good. And they are growing so fast. You, you can't stop a child from growing naturally. Wouldn't it just be weird if you just never grew up? Why would it just be so weird? Well... This child over here, we call him Muscle Man. He's like a tank. I mean, he is big for his age. And he is just a manly man already. We can't stop him from growing. Well, the thing is, we need to grow up spiritually. Just like our children will grow. Just like you have all grown. You don't look the same. Thank God that you did when you were a baby. Everyone thanks God for that. But we need to grow up spiritually. And if we're going to grow up spiritually, we must first learn to accept God's word. That's A-C-C-E-P-T. Accept God's word. And if we're going to continue to grow, we have to believe that His Word is true for us today. And this morning, what we're going to talk about, if we're really going to grow up spiritually, if we want to be more than just baby Christians, more than just saying a prayer and having a home in heaven, if we really want to grow up, we need to begin acting on the Word daily. Let's read verse 21 together. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That means stop doing the wicked things you've been doing. And receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. If we're going to grow up spiritually, and we must, I don't want to go to heaven with the same faith I have now. No way. No way. I want to have an ever-increasing faith. I want my faith to go from glory to glory because God is taking me from glory to glory. I want to constantly be growing. So if I'm going to grow up, sometimes as baby Christians, we just start by accepting the word. What does that mean? Well, you, many of you go to a public school, and in public school, they teach you that you came from a tiny little cell, an amoeba, and everything that you've ever seen created on this planet came from this single-celled organism that spawned everything. 
Well, when you open up Genesis 1 and 2, it says in the beginning, God created everything. So when I'm a young Christian, I just have to start by accepting. What do I accept? Do I accept what school says or do I accept what God says is true? And when you're a young Christian, you just have to say, no matter what this word says, I will accept it. No matter what this word says, I will accept it. We're living in a time right now where abortion is rampant, not just throughout our nation, but throughout our world. But God says it's murder. But am I just going to accept what the world says, or am I going to accept what God says? We're living in a time, specifically in our nation right now, where they're teaching and preaching homosexuality is okay. But when I look into the perfect law of liberty, when I look into the Bible, the Bible says homosexuality, just like idolatry, just like adultery and fornication, is sin. And so I can't accept what the world says. I have to accept what God says. That's just the foundation. That's just the first level. And if we're going to keep growing, we must believe God's word. Sometimes you just got to start by, okay, God, if you said it, I'll accept it. If you said it, I'll accept it. But it's not enough to stay there. You have to believe that his word is true for you today. The people who really grow up spiritually are the people who say, you know what, God's word is true for me today. There are many great preachers out there, and they want to preach and they want to teach that there are certain things that died out with the apostles. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is just review. They want to teach that healing is something that was just for the first century church. Speaking in tongues, just for the first century church. Casting out demons, all that, that's just for the apostles. But we looked at Hebrews 4.12, which says that the word of God is, who knows it? Living and active. The word of God is alive. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if we all understand basic physiology and biology here, but if something is dead, unless you're trying to get it to rise from the dead, do you call it alive? No. I gave the analogy of running over that poor little squirrel while you're driving in the car. You don't get out of the car and say, wow, that squirrel's alive. It's just the wind. It's just the wind that's blowing his poor tail in the air. It's just the wind. It's terrible. But you don't call it alive. No, it would be silly. So the word is called alive. Listen, if it was written in the word of God, it's available for you today. The word of God is living and active. Then we looked at the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Before Jesus ascends on high, he said, and these signs will follow those that believe. It doesn't say these signs will follow the apostles. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, in my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak in new tongues. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You see, all this stuff that is written here is available for you and I today. But if you don't believe it, it'll never happen for you. But it's one thing to say, oh, I believe, I believe in God. It's one thing to say, I believe in God, and it's another thing to say, I believe God, and he and I have a relationship. A lot of people walk around, oh yeah, I know there's a God, I know there's a God, but the truth is, do you have a relationship? It's one thing to just acknowledge that he's there, it's another thing to have a real relationship with him, where he is living and alive inside of you. We want to move forward this morning to talk about acting on the Word. If we're going to grow up spiritually, we must begin to act on the Word. Read right here in verse 22. James says, but be, be what? Be, that's where you respond. Be what? Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. For if you are a doer, you are deceiving yourself. I want you to go over to the book of Romans. If you're in James, turn a couple books to the left. Go over to Romans chapter 10. We're talking about acting on the word this morning. 
Romans chapter 10. If we're going to grow up spiritually, we must first accept God's word. And once we've accepted God's word, we must believe that it is true for you today. We must believe that it is true for us today. And if we're really going to believe it, we act on it. Now watch this. I don't have one, but if I was to hold up a $100 bill, and I say, see, oh, your head goes, every head goes up, oh, $100 bill. If I was, to, this is the reason I really didn't do it, because you would all come up here. But if I was to give away a $100 bill, if I said, the first person up here is going to get it, how would I know that you really believed me? The first person that comes up and get it would have it. How would I know if you really believed me? If you got out of your chair to came up and get it, right? If you tackle me to get it. The first person that comes up to get this can have it. If you really believe my word, you'd be the first person up here, wouldn't you? You'd be the first person up here if you really believed my word. Faith without action is dead. It's one thing to say that you believe God's word. It's another thing to constantly be putting into practice God's word on a daily basis. We're talking about acting on the word. Are you in the book of Romans? Go to chapter 10 and verse 14. Paul is writing to the church at Rome and he says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Everyone say believe. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Everyone say heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all believed and obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to bring you back to verse 14. Let's read verse 14 again. It says, how then shall they call on him? How can you call on a God that you haven't believed in? And how can you believe in a God that you haven't heard about? And how can you hear without having somebody preach the word to you? You see, this is a great example of why we need to come to church. The Bible says, don't neglect to gather together. Well, we can't neglect because we should be coming to church to hear the preacher. And the preacher, if he's doing the right job, will preach us the word. But we're not supposed to just hear the preaching at church. You're supposed to go home and preach the word to yourself. Because verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. If we're going to grow up, we can't just sit at church on Sunday and sit at church on Wednesday and just hear the preacher preach the word. We need to be at home, in our rooms, preaching the word to ourselves. I can't tell you how many times I have to do that. You, you have to preach the word to yourself even if you don't believe it. You see, something's going on in your life and the word says it should be one way and you're experiencing something different. The way to grow maturely and spiritually is to preach the word to yourself until you believe it because faith comes by hearing. And you hear it because it comes out of your mouth. It hits the air and it comes into your ears. You've got to preach the word to yourself. If we're going to grow up, if we're going to build our faith, then we've got to have the word preached to us. Not just on a Sunday and a Wednesday, but you need to be at home. It's the reason why you need to study the word. We need to be at home preaching the word to ourselves. Many of us wonder why we're not growing up spiritually. Why we can't get God's word to work in our lives. Well, maybe it's because we're just coming on Sunday and Wednesday and we're not actually acting on his word in our everyday life. That doesn't mean it's easy. It does not mean it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. But we have to preach this word to ourselves. Sometimes preach ourselves into believing it. Because we live in a world that teaches us everything contrary to God's word. How then shall they know a God that they haven't believed in? How can you call on God? How can you act on God's word if you don't believe God's word? 
And how can you believe God's word if you haven't heard his word? And how can you hear his word if you haven't been preached the word? Now verse 17 says faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? You really want to grow up spiritually? And we're all in the process of growing up. Listen, I am growing every single day. But I am making a decision in my life that I'm going to grow by leaps and bounds. Not because I'm perfect. I have the same flesh. Miss Anise talked about it. I have the same flesh that you have. We all wake up and deal with the same things. But I'm in the Word. And I'm reading the Word. And I'm preaching the Word to myself. I don't just preach on a Sunday morning. I'll be in my room preaching the Word. I'll be doing dishes, preaching the Word to myself. Sometimes you have to preach yourself into hearing and building your faith. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, what is faith? It, this is like the question of the ages. What is faith? So faith is action. Okay? We're going to break it down. Sort of a rhetorical question. I'm just trying to get you thinking. What is faith? A lot of people walk around and say, I have faith. A lot of people sing about it. Ooh, I got to have faith, faith, faith. Ooh, faith, 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 baby. Limp Bizkit took that song and made it even crazier. Faith. A lot of people are singing about faith. A lot of people are talking about faith. But what is faith? Limp Bizkit's probably a little too old for you guys. Are they still around? Other side. Okay. Well, what is faith? Well, the Bible gives us an, an idea and helps us understand. Open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Go back to the right now. Go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, please. We're going somewhere this morning. Are you following me? We're talking about acting on the word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what in the world is faith? <laughs> say, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to grow up in all things. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? Who's there? Say, I. I. All right, very good. Now let's read together. It says, now faith is. Everyone say, faith is. Faith is. Now listen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read it again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One more time, because faith comes by hearing. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, that's all great. What the heck does that mean? What in the world does that mean? Well, follow me. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're talking about acting on the word. We could say that faith is the substance without the evidence. Can you understand that? Faith is the substance without the evidence. Now, in my Bible, I have a, a center column margin. And that margin says you can take that word substance. Everyone say substance. substance. It says you can take that word substance and you can replace it with realization. Everyone say realization. It also says that you can take the word evidence and replace it with confidence. Everyone say confidence. confidence. So that being the case, we could say that faith is the realization that you have it without the confidence of seeing it. Now don't miss this. Faith is the realization that you have it without the confidence of seeing it. This is spiritual maturity right here. This is where we really begin to grow up. Because if I have it, then I ought to act like I have it, right? Right? You agree? If I own something, do I need to doubt that I own it? 
Now, my daughter's too. And she's in this phase now. She learns it. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's my daughter, you know. She learns it from other people. But uh, she, she learned this thing now that that's mine. Everything is hers. It doesn't, nothing belongs to her. But for some reason, everything is hers. I ask her what she wants for a snack. I want animal crackers. Okay, you're going to have the animal crackers. Then I go to the cabinet because dad wants a snack. Dad doesn't want the animal crackers. She wants the peanut butter crackers. I take them out. She goes, oh, that's mine. I'm like, no, they're not. Those are yours. I gave you those. This is mine. No, no, that's mine. That's mine. I want. That's mine. That would be silly if I came over to your house and started saying, oh, that Wii, that's mine, right? You, you don't doubt that you own that Wii. You don't doubt that you own that Xbox 360 unless mom and dad try to take that away from you. But you don't doubt that you own it. If I own something, I act like I have it, right? It's mine. It's mine. Faith is the realization that you have it without the confidence of seeing it. I want to help you understand something here. Just because you can't see it in this natural physical world does not mean that you don't have it. Faith is the realization that it's mine even if I don't have the confidence of seeing it. I have two stories I want to share with you this morning. Last December, our car broke down. Many of you know the story, but you don't know it in full detail. Last December, our car broke down. We have one car, family car. And we knew all the way. We know the car was going to break down. It was a great and glorious day in December. Lily decided she wanted chocolate chip pancakes. So what we did, we hop in the car. We drove to Shaw's. We went in Shaw's. We got back out. We started the car, and it didn't work. We started the car, and it didn't work. We started the car again, and my car decided it was only going to go one direction, and that was forward. It doesn't matter what gear you put it in. You know there's several gears in the car. Drive, reverse, you know. It doesn't matter. It's all going forward. Thank God parked work because we would have been in a lot of trouble. There was this 1940s vehicle in front of me that almost hit three times. So I left the car, and we jumped on the bike path, and we walked home with our, everything ready to make our chocolate chip pancakes. I walk in the door. I'm panting. <sighs> my wife says, what's wrong? You don't have a car? I'm like, no, we don't have a car, actually. The car just broke down. So uh, we knew that this was going to happen. We had a, a 1990 Toyota Camry, and many of you were waiting for us to get a new car, I understand. So um, the car breaks down, but we're not shaken. You see, if my car broke down years ago when I was spiritually immature, my world would have been, I would have fell apart. I would, I, God, what are we going to do? God, I can't, I can't get to work. I can't take care of my family. I can't drive them in a broken down car. But we knew we're going to stand on God's word. We are faithful tithers. My wife talked about tithing earlier. We are faithful givers, and we have that to stand on. So we started standing on God's word all along because we knew the car was going to break down. So we said, God, we don't know how you're going to provide a car, but you will provide a car. So then all of a sudden, a couple weeks goes by, and I had this sense right here. Remember that first week we got together, we talked about you are a spirit? And when you're born again, your spirit's born again. And because your spirit is born again, you have a connection with God. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you're currently living in a body. My spirit, which was connected to God, was giving me this sense right here. Many of us know our spirit as our conscience was giving me a sense right here that I should pick up the phone and call my mechanic friend. Because sometimes he would just have cars that he would buy and fix and sell. But I'm like, God, did you forget I don't have any money? I just, just had a sense to call. So I'm like, I pick up the phone. He's like, oh yeah, I got this great family vehicle. It's, it, I just fixed it up. It's all ready to go. It's a wonderful family vehicle. It's $3,300. I'm like, okay, I don't have zero. He's like, but you know what, Kurt? I, I'll give it to you for $1,800. 18, I'm like, whoa, that's half off. 
I'm like, but I still don't have any money. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a great deal. I don't want to pass this up, God. But all right. So I'm like, well, you know, if something changes, can you hold on to the car? He's like, well, I can only hold on to the car as long as I can. He's like, but I'll, I'll let you know. So I'm like, okay, I hang up the phone and I say, God, if this is you, you will provide this vehicle. And, and by the way, Lord, just so I really know it's you, if the car is silver, then I'll know it's you. If the car is silver, I'll know it's you. Now, I want to pause right here, because that's what we call asking for a sign. And in the, news, in, in the New Testament, folk, the, us people now who have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we don't need signs. And God's not going to give us a sign, because we're older than that. We're more spiritually mature, because where's God's Spirit, by the way? Where's His Spirit if you're born again? It's in you. So you don't need a sign. But I decided I was going to play this game anyways. I said, God... I know it's you because the car will be silver, and you know what? It will not be burgundy, because I really don't like that burgundy color. <laughs> Everyone's laughing now. You'll tell, find out why in a minute. I really don't like that burgundy color, God. So I said, I'll know it's you because of that. So anyways, a couple days goes by, and my friend says, you just need, just hop in the car, take it for a test drive. I'm like, dude, we don't have any money. He's like, just take the car for a test drive. So we get outside, and I'm walking, and I'm looking, and he tells me what the name of the car is, so I go and look for the car, and I'm like, it better not be that one right there. What, what color do you think the car is? Burgundy. The car is sitting in the parking lot, and it's a burgundy vehicle. I almost did 180 degrees and walk away. I'm like, we're not test driving this car. But I just knew I needed to go and drive the car. God's bigger than my color desire, right? So I, we get in the car. I turn the ignition, and keep in mind, we've been driving a 21-year-old vehicle for many years, you know, so we, we turned the ignition, and we just looked at each other, we're like, wow, this is our car, we just knew it, this is our car, and if those of you who came to church last year, remember I used to daydream about driving my new vehicle, you remember that, so we knew, this is our car, so we gave the car a quick spin, keep in mind, how much money do we have? Yeah, I don't think I can express that enough to you, you know, we just have groceries, and we have kids, we have zero money, there, there's not any more money to, to pay for this car, so you know, there's no money, not even $1,800, not even a dollar extra to pay for the car. I just want to make sure you all understand that, okay? So um, we leave the car. We go back in. I said, you know what, Jen, I'm just going to ask him. He's a friend of mine. Maybe he'll let me give him a down payment and then pay the rest when it comes. So I asked him. I said, listen, can I give you a small down payment and then give you the rest of the money for the car when I get my tax returns? He said, well, I'm not really sure about that. I do need the money on this car but I'll talk to my business partner. So he talks to his business partner. Now, my junker, my, my 21-year-old junker, I knew that I could get 250 bucks for it. I called one guy, he says, no, I'll give you 50. I called another guy, he says, no, I'll give you 100. I finally found somebody to give me $250 for my car. So I gave it to him. Now I called my friend, I said, I got $250. He's like, that's great, I want 450. So he's like, I'm gonna accept your offer and I'm gonna let you give me a down payment and pay the rest, but I want 450. So what I do, hang up the phone again. I'm like, God, if this is you, you'll provide the rest. I have 250 here, and I know that you can multiply this. We're faithful tithers. We are faithful givers. So we didn't talk to anybody else. People know we didn't have a car. We're driving the church van. My mom happened to be on vacation, so we're driving her car, and it just worked out real well like that. Now, a couple days, couple days goes by, and God moves on the hearts of some people, and they gave us another $225. Another 200, just randomly, $225 comes in. Now, I originally had 250, right? Plus another 225, what is that? 475. So you better believe I pick up the phone. I'm ready to call my friend. I got the 475. I'm coming down. And we go, we get there. We're ready to sign over the car. And uh, I'm pretty excited now because we're going to get this vehicle. And it's $1,800. 
he's going to let me give him the 475 and pay him the rest of the money when I get it. Who knows when I'll get it. So he was taking care of another customer because he's a mechanic. And I just, I saw the vehicle. Now keep in mind, I'm like, oh man, this car is so beautiful. You know, I'm over the fact that it's not silver anymore. I'm over that. This car, I'm just looking at this car. The snow is glistening on me. This is, thank you, Lord, for this car. And I just walked around the car a couple times. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this vehicle. I thank you for this, you know, 1997 Burgundy Chevy Lumina. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this car. And then I got over here and I got to the hood. And I did this. I said, car, you are mine. I call you paid for in the name of Jesus. Some of you are laughing, but I did this. There's no one outside. Even if there was, I probably still would have done it. Car, twice. Car, you are mine. I call you paid for. I call you paid for. In the name of Jesus. Now, I went in, I signed the deal, and he was going to let me pay the rest of the money when I had it. A week goes by, another $300 comes in. A week goes by, we're not doing anything, we're giving, we're being faithful to God, we're acting on His Word every day. Father, thank you that you provide the money for this vehicle. We're your children. You provide the money for this vehicle every single day. I can't see how it's going to get paid for, but you know. Another $300 comes in. We go and we make the deposit, we give him money. We're now working this down, we're about $1,000 left. Another week goes by, he calls me up, he says, Kurt, somebody just paid another $300 on your car. I'm like, Really? He's like, yes, yeah, so I'm really getting excited. I'm like, God, if we keep going at this rate, the car's going to be paid off in a month. This is awesome. Now what happens is a couple more weeks go by, and it's really quiet. No money comes in. You know, you start to get into a habit where you go to the mailbox every day. Any extra money in there? You start looking. Is anyone giving me more money, you know? But if I start doing that, then I'm relying on man instead of relying on God. So we just keep acting on the word. God, you're going to provide. God, you're going to provide. Listen, I'm going somewhere, so follow me. Couple weeks, couple more weeks goes by. He gives me a call. He says, "Kurt, you don't owe anything on your car. Your car is paid in full. You don't owe one more dollar on your car. Your car is paid in full." <laughs> That's what I did on the phone to my kids. I'm like, "Whoa! You're big, God. You really can do things." Car was paid in full. Not only was the car paid in full, not one dollar of my money that I put towards that vehicle. It was all money that came. We call our, I call our car. I don't know if my wife knows this. I call my car the community car because it, it took a community to get together to get me my car, my family car that we drive here. But God used the community. He wanted to do it that way. What I'm saying, I want you to hear that story. Now, can you go and do that? I don't know. You can do anything that God has called you to do. I knew in my heart I had zero dollars to pay, but God worked out a deal for me. God worked it out. So I didn't have to put one of my dollars, not a single dollar towards that vehicle, but God bought and paid for that vehicle for my family. Why? Because God cares about me and because I put his word into action. You're sitting out there in those black chairs. I used to be in those black chairs. God cares about you right now. That's just one story financially, but God cares about you right now where you are. And if you begin to accept his word, and if you begin to really believe his word is true for you today, and if you start acting on his word daily, you will see him come through in your life in ways that you have never experienced. I want to talk to you about sickness and disease because the Bible says that he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. By his stripes we were healed. For some reason, sometimes it's easy for us to believe that God can provide provide for us financially, but we can't necessarily believe that God can heal our bodies. Well, if I was to list the number of ailments that I was healed from, it would probably blow your mind. Every single day for several years of my life, I had heartburn and, um, and acid reflux. Heartburn and acid reflux. Any of you ever experienced that? 
Anyone ever experienced maybe a little? It's annoying. It's, it's, it's really, really annoying. I could not eat my mother-in-law's food. It doesn't, she's Hispanic. It doesn't matter if she made Hispanic food or not. She could make white food, and I couldn't eat it because every time she made it, there was something in it that bothered my stomach. So I could not eat anything. I had acid reflux and heartburn all the time, all the time. I'd take a pill in the morning. Then in the daytime, I had to make sure I had a yogurt and some milk. And before I go to bed, I'd take another pill, have a yogurt, have a milk, have some cereal, just to keep my stomach coated at the end of the night. It got so bad, I had an ulcer in one of, my, in one of the parts of my intestines because my stomach was just all over the place. And so I finally started, I got a hold of the word. I got, the, I got a hold of the word of God. That same word that I applied, that I got that car that God paid for. The same word, because God's word says he himself, who is he? Jesus himself bore my sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. You see, sickness and disease is a result of sin. And because Jesus took your sin, not only can you be free from sin, you can be free from sickness and disease. Are you hearing me now? Are you following me? Because Jesus took your sin, you can be free from sickness and disease. So I got a hold of that word. And I started talking to my stomach just like I talked to that car. I said, stomach, you will produce the right amount of acid for proper digestion. Esophagus, you will produce the proper amount of acid for correct digestion. I must have said that for... I don't know how long. I don't take anything now. I am completely healed. I haven't had heartburn in a long time. I don't take a pill in the morning. I don't take a pill at night. I don't have to eat anything special before I go to bed. I am completely healed. My ulcer is gone. I am healed in the name of Jesus because he himself bore my sins in his own body on the tree by whose stripes I have been healed. You see? You see, you understand, Jesus took your sin, and because he took your sin, you can, he can take away your sickness and disease as well, because sickness and disease is a result of the curse. The curse came as a result of sin, and who took your sin? So you can be healed this morning. You can be healed and set free if you get a hold of the word. This is the reason sometimes we're stumbling. It's the reason. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. Listen, when your stomach's on fire or when you get allergies that are out of control or when you're laying on a bed of sickness, it's not easy. But what do you choose to accept? Do you choose to accept what the doctor says or do you choose to accept what God's word says? Yes. And if you accept God's word, you have to believe on it. And if you really believe on it, what do you do? You act on it. You act on it. I didn't just start acting on the word of God when I laid my hands on that car. I was acting on the word every day prior to when I said, you will provide all my need according to your riches and glory. I'm acting on the word. I'm acting on the word. I'm acting on the word. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. You need to come to church so you can hear the preacher preach the word. But who else needs to be preaching to you? You, you need to be preaching to yourself all day long. Preach yourself the word. Preach yourself the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, follow me. God is raising up a generation of leaders. That is you. That is me. We are not called to be baby Christians anymore. It's time that we grow up. It's time that we do what God has called us to do. Let's rise up because Christ is alive inside of us. He is alive inside of us. And because he's alive, we can have all things. We can do all things. He is the hope of glory living inside of you right now. You can have what God says you can have in his word. You can do what God says you can do in his word. You can do all things because it is Christ who strengthens you. And he is the hope of glory on the inside of you right now. We're not babies. We don't need to be babies. You don't need to come to church to get spoon-fed. You need to come to church to get stretched, to get pulled higher. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Who's ready to grow up? Are you ready to grow up? then let's start accepting the Word of God. And let's prove that we believe the Word of God by acting on the Word of God daily. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you for your word. It is forever settled in heaven. It is forever settled in heaven. I thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You have exalted your word, O Lord, above your name. You are great, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. Now, Father, I thank you for this group of young men and women. They are not the leaders of tomorrow. They are the leaders of today, right now, in their schools, in their homes, in their places of work, everywhere they go, everything they do. They are the leaders of today. Father, there are some that got this word today in its completion. I don't think any of us got it in, our comple in the completion, but you will reveal all things to us. You will reveal all things to us, Father. Let every word that came forth from your word today be a seed planted in our hearts, Father. Be a seed planted in our hearts that would produce a good harvest. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for it right now. Even right now, Lord, things are coming because of your Holy Spirit. Even right now. Even right now, because your Holy Spirit, things are coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.